0: Welcome to the fifth and final segment of the updated episode, a conversation with Carl Watkins and a discussion about Sounds of Sunday. So let's talk about how the Sounds of Sunday was created, which is what you're known for now.
1: Right. Okay. So Sounds of Sunday was a creation of Jim Burgoyne. And he was a station manager at KLCE in Blackfoot. Now, he had worked at KLVO or K96 in Provo in the 70s, and they started Sounds Sunday. Actually, that's the first version of it that occurred was in the 70s. And he thought, well, on Sunday, maybe we could play a bunch of Janus Capari songs, tab choir. Nothing like that exists on radio. And he did it, and the community received it quite well in Provo. He got some buys, some sponsors, and that type of thing with it. And, and so he was excited for it. Uh, he's a man given in the faith. Jim Burgoyne's a very good man. And, uh, later on he was up in Logan. Ken Franson hired him to lo- to work in Logan at KBLW or KBLQ. It is now. And he did sounds for Sunday. Now that's a different name. Sounds of Sunday sounds for Sunday. The reason he went to sounds for Sunday is because sounds of Sunday still existed in Provo and he didn't want to infringe on the name. And he wasn't sure, if uh, he would get in trouble legally by using the same name. So he changed it to Sounds for Sunday. And then later he moved to Blackfoot. Ken Francis sent him up to Blackfoot to KLCE probably in 1985 or so. And he called it Sounds of Sunday again. It was his preferred name because we are in Idaho and whatever Utah does may not extend into Idaho. He felt okay about using Sounds of Sunday again. So they called it Sounds of Sunday in Blackfoot. Now, I had worked, I was working in Rexburg at KADQ at that time. In 1987, we moved there. And I was uh, listening to Sounds of Sunday. I could hear it on KLCE coming up into, into Rexburg. And the manager of the Beehive bookstore said, maybe we should do something like that here locally on KADQ in Rexburg. And I can't remember. I think we called it the LDS Top 10 Countdown something like that and it only went for maybe an hour maybe a half hour an hour and we pre-recorded it and we played on sunday morning so there was a number of lds songs that they'd play at beehive bookstore which was a competitor to deseret book
0: so did were you actually at the beehive bookstore when you recorded this
1: no we recorded in the studio no he came up there okay. to the studio no but and that's okay because that's where the production was done in the studio so we recorded this half hour show or whatever it was and we played it on Sunday morning. And then later I left uh KADQ and I went to KLCE. Jim Burgoyne hired me. He he always wanted me to work for him, so I did. And, and what was year that, was this? That was 1988. Okay. <clears throat> I went up to we moved up to Blackwood. <clears throat> Pardon me, we moved up to Blackfoot in June of 1988 after the kids were out of school.
0: Oh, Okay. I thought thought you were hired in March of 88 for some reason.
1: You know, I was. I was hired in March, March the 31st of 88, but I used to trip up there, 50 mile uh, uh, drive up there, drive to Blackfoot from Rexburg every day until we moved there.
0: Oh, okay. Interesting. Yeah. The kids
1: were in school and I didn't want to take them out of school. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. And then we moved there, I think in June and June of 88, something like that. We rented a house up there. And so I went to work for KLCE, and while I was there, I mean, I probably 1997, I went to Jim, and I said, Jim, I think, uh," well, Jim came to me at one time. We, We had the conversation where we needed to put stories to go along with Sounds of Sunday, some inspirational stories. And I hadn't thought much about it. That was probably in 1995 or something like that. And then... I kind of thought I wanted to change stations. I wanted to move up to Idaho Falls at a different station. I thought, well, if I work there, I want Sounds of Sunday to be here too. And so I thought, how am I going to do that? I'm going to one-up Jim. I think I'll put stories on uh, Sounds of Sunday, you know, inspirational stories. And so at that time, Glenn Rawson was my kid's seminary teacher in Blackfoot. And our state got reassigned the ward districts, the areas for the wards got re, re, uh, what do you call it? Sliced and diced in the steak. And I ended up, our family ended up in Glenn's ward, the Blackwood seventh ward. And the first Sunday, Linda and I go to church and we thought we like to go to gospel essentials. It's kind of cool class to go to. And it was up on the stage at the time went up there and Glenn's teaching it. And I, I listened to him and I thought, my kid sure like Glenn. He really is a good instructor. And I said, I wonder if he'd be good at recording little inspirational stories to put on Sounds of Sunday. And I closed my eyes and he had a great radio-friendly voice. And I thought, wow, he'd do pretty well. He'd probably do better than I would. I don't, I don't have all the material to do these stories. So I approached him after class and I said, Glen, Glenn, would you like to explain what I was doing? You know, Maybe going up to Idaho Falls and record some stories that we could put on put on Sounds of Sunday or a Sounds of Sunday type of program. Maybe it wouldn't be called the same name. And he seemed agreeable to it. I says, well, do you have stories already written? He says, oh, yeah. How many you have? Oh, a couple of hundred. I says, wow, that's great. So we didn't really schedule a time to do it at that time. Finally, it was like uh, 97 in July. Let's go do it. Okay, we determined go down to the studio. Was it July fifteenth of nineteen ninety seven? I believe it was. That Glenn recorded his first story, which is close enough to touch, about the woman reaching out to the Savior. He's watching down the street. He's walking down the street, and she was healed um, by her faith. That was the first story, and we went. To, I went at that time. I deti- I didn't tell you this, but I decided not to take the job in Idaho Falls.
0: Yeah. What was behind all that?
1: Oh, I just had kind of friction with Jim at the time. You know how radio is. And so I decided, you know, the friction's over. I I like Jim. I'm not going to leave him. So I stayed at KLCE and that's where we went in to record the first story. And I gave the story to Jim. I let him hear it. He was excited. Yeah. Let's put it on the air, you know, and I went and we went in and he recorded two more stories. So we had three all together. And the first Sunday that we aired him was the first Sunday of August. So we had three stories to air, and thereafter we recorded three stories every Sunday for every Sunday. So during the week he'd come in and he would um, voice the stories, and I'd get some music to put behind the stories to add emotion to it, you know, to add some feeling to this to the story. And all through the year of 1997 into 98, right up until. August of 98, uh, we recorded uh, three stories per weekend, per Sunday. And so we had like 156 stories, I think, or 152, whatever the number is. Three times 52, 156 stories. And then then Glenn wanted to keep going. He said, well, I got more stories to record. We could do better. Okay, so we kept recording more stories after that. We didn't do three per week, but we did Uh, we did one every week or so, and then we kept on going today. We have like, uh, I have about 480 stories that have aired on the air on sounds of Sunday over the years.
0: Now, for those of you that don't know, Glenn Rosson is a, like you said, was a seminary teacher. I first heard of Glenn Rosson in 2020. He was doing Facebook live stories about the pioneers.
1: Yeah. Yeah. What happened with Glenn? He later uh, taught institute at ISU in Pocatello for a short time. And then Larry H. Miller some way heard Glenn because, well, let me set you up on that one. I was working at KLCE, and John Hare, who was the program director at uh, COSY 106.3 in Salt Lake City.
0: Oh, COSY 106.5?
1: or Maybe it's 5 now.
0: Yeah, Yeah. it was 106. It's now REC 106.7, but go ahead.
1: Yeah, it was 0.5 at the time. They were 0.3 in Spanish Fork. When they moved to Salt Lake, I think they had to go to 1.106.5. 1. Oh, okay. John Hare approached me and said, hey, is there any way we can play these Glenn, Glenn Rawson stories in Salt Lake on Sounds of the Sabbath, which was the name of their program? Sure, I can make them available to you. So I had to edit out Sounds of Sunday and edit in Sounds of the Sabbath when he said it. You know, And so we provided those stories to John Hare, and he ran them for probably over a year, a couple of years until um, I guess the station dropped the program for one reason or another, I think change of philosophy, change of format or something. But Larry Miller heard those stories on sounds of the Sabbath. So he was aware who Glenn, Glenn Rawson was. So he hired Glenn to go to work for him, to do the Joseph Smith papers, which was a television production that he had at, I think at Jazz television station in Salt Lake, which he owned. Okay. So we did the Joseph Smith papers, and then we went into history of the saints, which is what he went into okay. later. Yeah. Yeah. So
0: I know that sounds of Sunday, and this is what I found interesting is syndicated. I'd heard the words sound of sounds of Sunday, but I thought it was a generic term being used with, some radio stations. I didn't how did you get this program syndicated, and when did it happen?:
1: Well, probably about 2004, 2005, uh, there were other stations that wanted the Glenn Rawson stories, and I thought I needed to set up a program called Sounds of Sunday, so it, it wouldn't sound foreign. You just can't play the Glenn Rawson stories between two pop songs. It, it would yeah. be out of context for the program that's on. So I created a half-hour show called Sounds of Sunday. Later on, I expanded it to two and a half hours and later on to five hours. And um, Kim Lee, who owned the station in Idaho Falls, which I was going to go to work for him, he owned a station in Twin Falls and he wanted to play it in Twin Falls. So I says, fine, I'll provide. Oh, wasn't the,
0: that uh, K-Bar in Burley?
1: Uh, that was one station. That, oh, what yes, station? K-Bar is definitely one, but I think he put it on 99.9 as well. One Hot oh. 100 there, yeah. No, what was both the of one
0: them. in Twin Falls that he put it on?
1: That's the one, uh, Hot 100.
0: Oh, are they okay? Because I know they used to broadcast out of Burley.
1: They do, but I think they're licensed to Twin Falls. Yeah, okay. And I think they have a sales office in Twin Falls, something like oh, that.
0: Oh, probably. Anyway. They're
1: both locations. Yeah. So he was instrumental in getting me to develop the show, Sounds of Sunday. Now, I didn't really own the name; I was just using it. But later on, when it became available. Uh, I was watching the website, the registry on the name. I, I got sounds of Sunday.com eventually. I had .net to begin with, and then .com became available. Somebody was tying up the name for some reason. or they weren't doing anything with it. So I got .net, .com, and .org. And eventually I kept going to, con- I, I think I went, I can't remember how you do trademarks and copyrights through Washington, D.C., I was able to acquire the Sounds of Sunday name as a, as a trademark, national trademark. And so that trumps all the state trademarks. Uh, they had a, a trademark in Utah for Sounds of Sunday, but nowhere else. So I got the national trademark on it. And so that's how that started. And I can't remember when I got that trademark, probably probably around 10 or so. Who in Utah
0: had the trademark?
1: Well, it was originally with the um, station at KOVO in Provo. And I can't remember if the station owned it. I think it was the station. Then later on, Bob Maury got the trademark for Utah trademark oh. name. Sounds of Sunday at K Star in Orem. And Bob passed away, and I don't know. I didn't try to get it from him. Uh, I think it stayed with the Maury family, as I recall but I was able to get the national trademark on it, which supersedes state trademarks.
0: So how it's many national. affiliates do you have now? Because uh, I, I think no, there's 16,
1: the... 16 okay. or 17, because in Idaho, I believe there's seven in Idaho. I see KLC, KSRA, uh, KZDX, KBAR, uh, Soda Springs. Uh, what are the call letters in Soda Springs? think of it in a while uh and then montpelier kvsi preston KACH. what is that okay. seven and then there's then we have one in star valley wyoming krsv fm and the one in evanston knyn that's two that makes nine vernal which is uh, channel x94 kxrq uh then in uh, and down in Price at KOAL, and then out of Ephraim into Richfield and Nephi is, uh, is the Eagle, uh, I think of the call letters, 94.5. Down in Moab, KCPX, as they call it down there now, 13, 1490. And then in, in St. George, uh, KCLS, which is uh, 101.5, Sunday 101.5. And then in Arizona, uh, at, in Sholo, and also in Safford, those two stations are carrying okay. are carrying Sounds of Sunday. Now,
0: let's uh, make something clear. In case somebody says to themselves who's listening to the podcast, there's two versions of the Sounds of Sunday because there's one.
1: Yeah. Where... Okay. Doug Barton, Doug Barton in Mantai has been doing Sounds of Sunday for a long time. And he's a friend of mine, actually. Um, I see him occasionally, and we kind of work together. He's the one that has my Sounds of Sunday on the Eagle uh, 94.5 that plays in Nephi and Richfield and so forth. And he has been doing his own version of Sounds of Sunday for a long time. Although now we're going to start airing it on one of his other stations, which is uh, K-U-U-T which is at 93.7 that comes into Utah County. Oh, okay. That's supposed to start this Sunday or next, probably. I oh. called, G- talked to J.D. Fox about that, and Doug's agreeable to do that. Um, and so it is a little more modern-type music than what he would find on what he's been putting on with the Tab Choir, although he wants to integrate his, uh, the talks, uh, this firesides and stuff into the program as well which play in the morning and late at night. So that's another station we're going to add pretty quickly, I think.
0: Have you thought about putting firesides in your program?
1: I've thought about it, but then for the stations that aren't agreeable to it, I don't want to make it undesirable to them. They want to add the firesides. I'm all for it. Now, Glenn has his little half-hour History of the Saints program, which is available to them as well. There's also Mm -hmm. music in the spoken word, which stations can pick up. Yeah, But it's kind of like, you know, I don't want to be cast out because the station doesn't want it all. So pick and choose what you want. If they have reasons for not playing music in the spoken word or history of the saints, maybe they want to be music intensive or something. I'll respect that. I don't make that decision. They do. Yeah. So you got to just pick out what you are and be the best at that and not try to be everything.
0: So when did the sounds of Sunday start streaming for 24 hours a day?
1: Well, uh, Ted Garling came to me. I'm going to say 2010 or and so. Who's Ted Garling. He's a guy that, uh, the son of a friend I knew on a mission. Oh, okay. When I was on my mission up in Bismarck, there was a guy named Steve Reed up there. he had just okay. gotten back from a mission. I became friends with Steve. He was into music and that type of thing. And. Steve later moved to Rigby, Idaho and set up a recording studio. And I think later on, long story short, um, he, he married again. He, married, he had his second wife, I think, had a daughter who married a guy named Ted Garling. And Ted Garling was a young man. He came to me and he says, hey, we ought to make a, a streaming station for you. I had never even thought about it before.
0: What year was this?
1: I'm going to say probably 12 or 10 or something like that. Okay. And so uh, we set up a streaming computer. Jim Burgoyne assisted me at KOPI at the time, and we actually streamed from KOPI. And then later on, I moved a computer into my house in my basement, and we used that one. So it streams continuously on a computer that I have in my studio. Okay, so, so... Sounds a Sunday 24-7. Yeah.
0: Do you get emails from people all over the world, or do you get...
1: Because I would yeah, imagine... I do. I get a few emails from people.
0: Well, I would imagine most of your audience who's listening outside of the Intermountain West probably comes from those that did live in the Intermountain West, especially Utah in eastern Idaho, maybe parts of Arizona. What do you think?
1: Well, it's hard to say whether I don't know. Some people have never lived here, but they are LDS and they appreciate the program. Um, I hear from one fellow in Indiana that's always talking to me, you know, from John. He listens all the time in his, uh, I guess he works at a a drugstore, some sort of a little drugstore, and he listens to the program (laughs) in there in Indiana. There's another fellow in, in, in Australia. I hear from him frequently. And just gets in his two cents and how are you doing, that kind of thing. There was a lady that I first met named Deborah that lives on upstate New York. And she contacted me, oh, five, seven years ago. And she told me she was pretty close to where the pageants are in Nauvoo, up in that area. And she really liked the show. And I remember she requested Glorious by Russ Dixon at the time. And then later on, David Archuleta recorded it for Meet okay. the Mormon Soundtrack. And she asked me to play that song. And I thought, wow, that's a great song. I hadn't heard it before. So I'm thankful to these people that request songs because sometimes I just I don't have an opportunity to hear them. So she just reached out for me again the other day, and I was talking to her. She's upstate New York. I never really met her, but just online, you know, over the, over the internet, just email. So, yeah, I hear from people here, here and there. Never know where they are. Some are in the, some are in the Wasatch front. You know, I hear people in Layton and Salt Lake and that type of thing, because they don't have the program on a local station in that area. They listen online with Alexa or someone, you know, other way of doing it.
0: Okay. So (laughs) what does the future hold for the sounds of Sunday?
1: Well, I don't know that anything's going to change anytime soon, or as I know, I'll just keep doing it until my days are over. You know, I have no reason not to. You I'm say, 78 now, and I don't know. President Nelson's 90, 98, so if I can live to be as old as him, uh, maybe I'll be doing this for another 20 years.
0: <laughs> yeah, so I would imagine that you know a lot of LDS musicians being in yeah. this field. Uh, I just want to ask you real quick. Do you ever see a day where we will have – LDS punk rock music, LDS alternative, just like you have Christian hard rock music or whatever.
1: Well, I can sort of see it evolving into different types of music, you know, that's appreciated by listeners. I can't say it won't happen. It's already happened to some degree. You got LDS rock or uh, rap, rap music, which is kind of novel more than anything. I don't know about that for sure. It could go there. But I don't know if it'll be very popular.
0: Yeah, because believe it or not, there's a lot of Christian rock out there. I'm
1: talking about
0: bands like Petra, who sound a lot like Def Leppard, uh, the White Horses, DC Talk.
1: I can't say it won't happen. Yeah. But I don't know how much reception they'll get out of it. I mean, people have all kinds of art forms out there that not very many people like but themselves. So, okay, that's fine. Yeah. Yeah.
0: The closest I have heard to that, what we're talking about, is the Singles Ward soundtrack.
1: Yeah. I can't remember exactly what's on there. I've seen the movie.
0: Oh, there's a punk rock version of Come, Come, Ye Saints. There's a kind of an alternative rock version, maybe punkish, I Belong to the Church <laughs> of Jesus Christ. Uh, there's yeah, one, yeah. Book of Mormon Stories. Yeah.
1: I'm playing one now. Come, come ye saints, by Gladys Knight and the Saints United Voices. Okay, and it sounds tribal. It sounds like they're in the middle of the jungle with the bongos hitting. Come, come ye saints, but you know that it's kind of funny and novel. I maybe ought to get uh, some. Young I play it once in a while. Together. Jim Burgoyne thinks it's okay. What were you going to say? Maybe you ought to get some
0: young musicians together that are into alternative rock or whatever and have a different streaming version of the youth version of the Sounds of Sunday or something. I don't know.
1: Maybe somebody should do that. I don't know if it'd be me. I've already got enough, uh, already carved off enough uh, jobs for myself at this point.
0: Yeah. Well, um, so you're obviously an active member now. What is your calling in the church?
1: I'm the stake technology specialist. I work in audio.
0: And what and do you, Oh, go ahead. I just
1: got an award calling, award historian. I have been in various callings, executive secretary in the bishopric, Sunday school, Sunday school president at one point. Yeah. I haven't been in the bishopric, but...
0: Uh, so what do you like about being a member of the Church of Jesus Christ Latter-day Saints?
1: I like service. Okay. I think service brings joy.
0: Okay, very yeah. good.
1: And uh, if you can stay anxiously engaged in a good cause, I don't think uh, life could get any better than that. It's not about money. You need, enough, no. you need enough money to live on. That's true. So you can't go around poor with your hand out all the time. Yeah. You want to be able to do something to justify your existence. Yeah. But at the same time, you want to be of service to people. You don't have to be filthy rich. Probably better that you're not. Yeah. Just uh, live in a, a conservative life, you know, and do your part, help others. Uh, it's, it's that if they called me to be the stake president, I'd feel the same way as I do if they call me to be primary teacher. I don't like that contrast too much because it almost uh, implies that the primary teacher is beneath the dignity. You know, he's not very important. Well, he's very important. He's important oh, yeah. to those children. Very important to those children. Yep. More th- more than the state president is. Actually, I've heard stake of uh, yeah. former yeah. state
0: presidents becoming primary teachers.
1: Believe yeah. it or not. Yeah.
0: I don't know if it happens much, but I've heard of it happening.
1: Yeah, that's right. And so I think whatever you're called to do, play your part. You know, do the best yeah. you can. I basically carved out this sounds a Sunday job for myself, because I felt it's something that needed to be done. It was inspirational. I felt I could use my, my talent in a way that would be um, maybe one of the best contributions I could give to the cause of our Father in Heaven. And it was to do Sounds of Sunday.
0: Yeah. All right. Anything else you want to add?
1: Well, um, counting down the days to the second coming, but I'm not sure how far the count goes but
0: yeah i don't want to speculate because that just drives me crazy well
1: uh, a friend of mine just approached me the other day and asked me when you retire from that well i don't know if i'm going to retire from that maybe i'll die one day but then maybe the resurrection will occur and i'll get renewed (laughs) maybe (laughs) i said give it 10 years you'll never know what'll happen in 10 years yeah 12 years or whatever it is yeah i mean i have my i don't know it's hard to say because i could be wrong i i I don't want to be proud enough to say that I'm right because I'm not right. I don't know. I just have ideas and thoughts and convictions. Yeah. But I am not a prophet of God. I want you to know that right now. Yeah. Uh, I have an opinion that's no greater than anybody else's opinion. Yeah. We all have opinions. So that being said, I try to live by my personal inspiration to do what I need to do. I do feel the Savior's coming soon. I think he'll be here in the 30s. Uh, I don't know. I mean, like I say, I'm I'm just another person that has an opinion that's no greater than anybody else's. Yeah. But but we do well, was our great. part. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Well, it was great to have you on here, and uh, I will talk to you all later, folks. I hope you like this update a little bit better. It will be divided up into segments eventually.
1: Thank you, Kevin. Thank you for listening to the fifth and
0: final segment of the updated episode, A Conversation with Carl Watkins, and
1: a discussion about Sounds of Sunday. I hope you enjoyed this podcast.